I'm Jordan Hayes. I play Dr. Sarah Jordan on Sci-Fi's new show, Helix. And you're listening to the TV Times 3 podcast. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of... Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 216. On this episode, we've got some news, and then we'll be talking about recent episodes of Arrow, The Americans, Hannibal, Helix, and The Walking Dead. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 216. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... I'm Andrea Towers from atvgeek.com. And I'm Melissa Giramonti from thetelevixen.com. All right. Thank you uh, both for joining me on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks. Is it all of a sudden sort of weird? Like, like I was just saying before we started recording, you should have heard us talking. Be- I should have been recording what we were talking about before we started recording. <laughs> now it's all of a sudden weird to go into uh, our first segment, which is the news. Uh, good news if you're a Ripper Street fan, uh, as uh, Amazon has picked up uh, the previously canceled uh, series for a third season. I'm sure that the first two seasons will end up on their service as well for you to watch. Well, the second season right now is airing on BBC America, but uh, over there, the BBC canceled it after two seasons, but it'll be back for a third. Either of you watching or have watched? Uh, I have not. I've only seen the first episode. Yeah, it's one of those that sounds interesting, but I haven't... uh, (laughs) Another thing we were talking about before (laughs) we started recording. There's so many things on TV. Uh, right now, and and things starting back up. That uh, even for even a sh- even for something like a short British series, there's just not enough time to to fit it in. Uh, next up, uh, CBS Television Distribution, which uh, uh, has renewed the Arsenio Hall show for a second season, so uh, that'll be back uh, in syndication uh, in your local area, probably at the same time that it is now, if you even know when and where that is. Next. Uh, HBO has renewed Looking for a second season, uh, which is uh, not surprising. And uh, this one I think uh, uh, Melissa definitely likes is uh, Showcase uh, up in Canada has picked up Lost Girl for a fifth season. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> they, after the way, and I mean, I know you guys are still a bit behind South of the Border, but if they had have been canceled after the season four finale, I think that we would have incited a war in Canada. <laughs> um, yeah, there would have been rioting in the streets. Yeah. What is it with the, what is it with seasons doing something in a, in a fourth season and then networks canceling the show uh, with the, you know, cliffhangers or weird endings. I don't know. That's a, that's a weird thing. Uh, the, the interesting thing is the, uh, as I saw was since these things are always weird when you have a series that's, you know, produced up in Canada, but airs down here on sci-fi, the, the notice that I saw a story that sci-fi hasn't renewed it for a fifth season. I was like, who cares? It's going to get one. Like it doesn't matter what sci-fi does, but the likelihood that it doesn't air on sci-fi, like why would sci-fi not buy the rights to air it? I mean, it's, it's way cheaper than actually, having to produce a series themselves. So the ratings that you need to recoup costs and make money off of it, uh, airing it is, is a lot less. So I I don't see sci-fi at some point, not 
picking it up to to air down here. Uh, that would just be <laughs> that would just sort of be ridiculous. I'm wondering how much it's affected uh, this season with uh, with Canada being so far ahead. If it's affected the U.S. ratings or not. I don't know. Have they been airing closer to get closer together previously? They were. I think they were only a couple of days apart last year. Yeah, it may have, may have been. I know that like the first season that aired when it started airing down here, it had already aired up there. But I think it's yes. I think you're right. It's been the middle seasons there have been uh, much closer together. Yeah, and then this one was way off base. Yeah, because we're still we're only like halfway through the season, I think. And you guys just finished like a week or two ago, didn't you? Yeah, uh, we finished like Valentine's Day weekend was, was the season finale, the sixteenth. So like two, three weeks ago. So yeah. But at any rate, at any rate, it'll be back. And even if it somehow sci-fi didn't air it down here, it will still be out there. <laughs> at some point, you'll be able to to get your hands on you know a DVD or something like that. Uh, next up, uh, speaking of sci-fi, which I was kind of surprised, sci-fi announced that uh, this uh, fourth season of Being Human will be its last. It seems to be. Uh, uh, I don't know, NBC Universal thing to uh, wait till halfway through a final season before you announce they did the same thing with Psych. Uh, although that one was pretty much, uh, you pretty much knew that one was happening. You were just wondering why they hadn't uh, told yeah, you. Psych that... was just was just weird, especially because like they kind of really made no show that it was actually ending. But like for some reason they wouldn't say anything. It just it made no sense to me. <laughs> it's like, but and until they had uh, five episodes and they started advertising right? the, the final five episodes. But yeah, they're doing the. They've decided to uh, cancel uh, or end uh, being human after four seasons, and they've started running those types of ads, the final eight episodes, the final seven episodes type of thing. Uh, I was kind of surprised. I didn't realize that I guess the ratings are not, you know, super great for them, but it, I don't know. It just seemed like that was one of their, one of their shows, <laughs> you know, one of, you know, their shows that they're producing. So it was kind of interesting. That leaves, Basically, he's like Helix and uh, Haven, De Defi Defiance, Defiance yeah. and, and Haven. Uh, well, Haven, yeah, but Haven's still really not really a sci-fi production. Uh, I mean, of things that they're it's actually a co-production, yeah, but things that they're actually fully producing themselves. There's only like a couple now, really, and then the upcoming like Dominion or whatever, or some other series that they have coming. Yeah, there's Twelve Monkeys too. So, you know, they have some things coming, I guess they, but to me, as I keep going, it's like, why can't you expand out a little bit? You keep some things. Uh, why is it just Mondays in the, you know, winter into the spring? That is like the main time that you air stuff. I don't know. It seems like uh, you could do it. You would want to do enough programming that you, if, if Mondays and Fridays are your scripted TV nights, that year round, you would want to have new stuff playing on Mondays and Friday nights, but I don't know. We'll see uh, what they're going to do with the, you know, some new things coming, but you know, it got four seasons, so it's not like, uh, and I, it got four seasons. And I think while they just now announced it, I'm pretty sure that they knew back when they, <laughs> they were doing it that, uh, so it, it, I think it comes to 
an actual conclusion, you know, some sort of conclusion to the story, which would be good. It would be terrible if they had some sort of ending, <laughs> like Melissa alluded to the Lost Girl right. season four ending. <laughs> so that should be interesting to see uh, where they go with that. And uh, one last one that I added to uh, the list that I saw this morning is that uh, uh, VH1 announced that the, the third season of Single Ladies will be its last. And I only put that one down there because I didn't even know that Single Ladies was a scripted show that existed, <laughs> <laughs> let alone that now it's coming to an end after three seasons. And I think that speaks to the number of scripted shows that keep appearing on various networks. More and more networks keep popping up with their own original, uh, like Bravo's got an original uh, scripted series in the works and things that keep popping up on things like Sundance and, you know, all these other things popping up on history. <laughs> WG, WGN America enters yeah. the arena in April with Salem. Yeah, if if, if I actually had that network. Uh... We have no Canadian network pickup for that yet either. So I'm a little I'm a little bit concerned because this is one I actually do want to watch. <laughs> That's one of those, you know, this sort of the old uh, big superstation thing that you're just like how i don't understand how that one's never made it onto my cable dial ever like i've never had that channel since i've lived up here in seattle used to have it on in previous places that i've lived but never had it up here but it's you know it used to be sort of the big you know sort of a big state you know actual station like tbs was uh that became you know a big cable channel but uh you know yeah even they're getting into their own scripted series, uh, you know, things like Reels Channel has scripted series. All these, uh, all these networks out there that uh, I just thought it was funny that when I saw that one, I was like, I didn't even know VH1 had a scripted series, let alone that they were, <laughs> they were, they were ending their first one and and have another one in the works. Like there's a new one coming <laughs> at at some point. So if you've been watching that, it, you got three seasons. And uh, with that, we'll jump uh, out of the news and to the uh, primetime segment. First up is uh, Arrow, uh, Season 2, uh, Episode 14, uh, Time of Death. Which, uh, I don't know, I think this series is really uh, sort of hitting on all cylinders this, uh, this season. And uh, what do you uh, think of uh, Arrow so far this season and this episode in particular, Andrea? Um, I I love it, and I was... I was one of those people who watched, I've been watching from the beginning, but when like, when I watched the first season, it was really more of like a convenient show. Like I watched it and I really liked the characters and like, I knew what was going on, but it wasn't, I wasn't invested in it as much as I should have been. Um, but I think a lot of that was like, they had to set up all the backstories and like Island stuff got really boring after a while and they didn't know what to do with their characters and I think they still kind of don't know what to do with their characters. Well, Laurel basically, but that's something that is, I don't have time to get into right now. Um, but I love, I'm loving the season. Um, and I love how they have been introducing Sarah and they've been doing a lot more with Felicity. Um, and I just, I really think that, like you said, it's hitting on all of the levels. Um, it makes me kind of really excited to see kind of where they're going this season, because I think that they're having a really strong run and I think they kind of, they know where they're going. Um, and I don't know, it's just, it's, it's really become like one of my, 
favorite shows and one of my shows that if I don't watch it, like I'll watch it at seven in the morning before I go to work rather than <laughs> waiting, which was never the case. It would always be like, well, like I don't have time to watch it and then I'll watch it like Wednesday night or, or not Wednesday night, like Thursday night or whatever. But, um, but now it's become that like, but I need to watch. So like, I know what's going on if I miss it and like, I want to see what happens. So, um, so I'm, I'm really happy with it this season. How about you, Melissa? Arrow is probably one of my absolute favorite shows on TV right now. I've been watching it since the beginning. I fell in love with the, from, from the pilot, uh, I just loved the world that they introduced, and I didn't know much about Green Arrow going into it. I'm, I mean, I like, I'm in the know on some of the comic book world, but I'm not as invested in it as some people may be. So I didn't have any kind of preconceived notions about what this character should be and what this universe is like. But I knew enough about it to get excited. And when they have little reveals about, you know, these different characters and, you know, kind of potentially setting up the birds of prey now and stuff like that. I just I I have these little like total geek out moments. And Arrow's probably one of uh, a handful of shows that I watch live. I and if I can't watch it live, I watch it the first like that tops the list of when I have to like if I have to wait till the next day, I'll watch that before I watch anything else. So uh, I just I love I love the world that they've introduced. Yes, there's one or two characters that well, actually just one, in my opinion, Laurel, who uh, is just not uh, I, I don't even know where to begin with that. Uh Potential, but never quite achieved. Now I just want to jump in the t- in, into my TV and choke her. She's, <laughs> yeah. Or as, as I said a couple of weeks ago, can we just get rid of Laurel and keep Sarah? <laughs> I would um, be that. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I just, I think they keep building on it. And every time you think it couldn't, you know, they've kind of, you think they've reached a certain milestone and you're like, oh, okay, so now it's probably just going to stay like this. They exceed it. So they're constantly, you know, like setting the bar and then raising it again. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely must-watch TV for me. I, I absolutely love everything about it. There's only one or two very teeny nitpicky things. Yeah, for me, it's it's one of my top shows, too. I end up usually uh, DVRing everything. A lot of that is because I I work at night, so especially things that start at ten o'clock, I can't really start watching because I got to leave pretty soon to go to work. So those things usually get cut out of you know, be, even being able to watch, you know, live or that night. But there's you know sort of the handful of shows that are like the first thing off the DVR, and Arrow is one of those shows where a lot of times it even is like. I'll set it to record, but I'll end up watching it before I leave for work. You know, it's since it starts at eight, there's enough time to, uh, to watch it. So it's like one of the few shows that actually gets watched almost live, you know, kind of, and yeah, I'm really enjoying what they're doing this season. You know, they keep sort of expanding things out in interesting ways, uh, in the world that they've, uh, you know, that they're, they're playing in, you know, my experience with the arrow character was, from Smallville. Like that's the only real connection to, I mean, I had heard of the character before that, but didn't really know anything about. So for me, a show like this, there's no, it's just whether I buy what they're doing, 
on TV, there's no preconceived notions of what it should have been or what this character should be or when they introduce somebody or I, occasionally I might know something because maybe I've seen a headline or something that this bad guy, uh, you know, that they're or group that they're introducing this week is somebody from the comics or something like that, uh, which I think is fun for people that, uh, you know, know the comic and stuff like that. But I think they're doing a great job of just telling an interesting story with great action just for the average TV fan, you know, that's interested in those types of shows. You know, if you're interested in and sort of the action adventure type of shows, you know, if you were hoping for things like, you know, like an intelligence or an almost human uh, or some of these other new shows, you know, those type of style of shows, this one has the things that those ones are missing. It has bigger storylines and things happening over the course of a season. While there is a bad guy of the week, you know, there's something for the team to solve each week. There's bigger things going on. Uh, and a lot of the things that they're dealing with each week play into that bigger, bigger story. And, you know, I, I really like the, how they've introduced, uh, you know, Sarah and back into the to, to this world and stuff. I, I liked in this last episode when when Lance leaves the party and then both <laughs> Oliver yeah. and Sarah show up and she's he's just like. So you guys just show up to every call now or whatever? And they're like, oh, we saw you leave. (laughs) Or Sarah was like, I saw you leave. I think it's like, I think it's just really good storytelling. And I think a lot of shows could like learn from the way Arrow is telling their stories and like choosing, I mean, with a few exceptions, like the whole Laurel thing you're saying. But I mean, for the most part, it's really done a good job of um, like keeping the pace of the story and introducing new characters. And like, like I, I loved the fact that when they did the whole Felicity, Sarah, Oliver thing, like it did not go into the love triangle, which so which I was so terrified of. And I think so many shows that would have been like the obvious thing to do. It's like, oh, like let's obviously make this a love triangle, but they really made it about like Sarah and Felicity. And they really established like both of their different relationships with Oliver. And I think, I just love that they did that and it didn't turn into a cliche. And I thought that was really smart. Yeah, I, I liked how they... You know, even how you know she, Felicity says it at the end. She goes, "I, I like being your girl, not your girl." You know, you know what I mean. <laughs> they sound different in my head, you know, type of thing. <laughs> she was, she was like the go-to girl, so she was feeling a little bit jealous, not necessarily because of Sarah and Oliver's romantic relationship, but because she can like come in and just kick ass how great of an opening scene was the three of them like practicing, you know, and, and Felicity sort of off to the side being like, man, these, <laughs> these three are really, and, and, you know, Sarah especially was, a, is a total badass. So that sort of storyline where it wasn't totally, you know, about sort of the romantic stuff, it was more of just a, you know, a little bit of jealousy of somebody new on the team or, where she had been sort of like the go-to for a lot of stuff. And now there's somebody else that he can, you know, also rely on. And uh, it's a, it's interesting. They have, I, I they also have a lot of uh, interesting things set up. Like I liked when uh, I'm blanking on the character's name, but the, the girl 
Sin? Uh, yeah, when when she sh- shows up at the party with with Roy and she just like sees her and goes and hugs her and then realizes, oh wait a second, you know I'm not supposed to know her. Uh, type of thing, you know. They have a lot of interesting relationships set up uh, within that, and I thought they told a really interesting story with that too of that turning out to be the daughter of the that guy in the plane that that crashed on the island or was shot down on the island. Uh, they they've I think they've done a better job of tying things happening on the island this year into what's happening you know, in Starling City now uh, than, than they did at times in the first season and stuff like that where it's almost like because of the way they're telling the story is they can add in anything almost at any time uh, like they did with Sarah, you know, they basically added in, you go through like the first season f- for the most part going, you know, he was on an island for five years and then you realize that there were times that he was off the island and that turns out that Sarah really did you know not die in the in the the sinking of the boat and so they're able to go back and add in these things uh, but yet you can see a carefulness that some of these things get set up and then they bring them into the storyline and you realize that they only could have brought them into the storyline now because they've set some of these things up in the uh, you know going through and so I think I think they really do have a well thought out plan of sort of like the big things that they want to do on on a story level from season to season and I really like that 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 as things happen you feel like they're not just just thought of something cool that week and decided to add it you know sort of add it in and it uh becomes something that they have to now try and figure out how to deal with or something that you know later on but that there seems to be a well thought out, I would say probably five years since that's the term of the you know his time away. I would think that they probably have a pretty thought well thought out overall five year plan for the series, which I think is uh, makes the sh- the way they're making the show so much more interesting. And then for action on TV, you can't do better than the fight sequences and action sequences that they do on Arrow. There's like no other show that even comes close really right now. The other thing that they do so I I mean I can't I can't say enough good about it is they have mastered the ending. Every episode ends on the most perfect note possible. And mm-hmm. it, it, I think I think the reaction is at the end of every episode when you know they show the the title card at the end I look, I, I look at my screen and I say more. Yes. <laughs> so there are very, there are very few shows that ever do that for me. In fact, Arrow's probably the only one at the moment that it's, I instantly want more. Yeah. You're, you're like a, and you want, you want more than just like, here's next week on Arrow. <laughs> you're like, no, I'm no, a, I, I want, want the, the episode. next episode. I want it now. They, they do, they do such a good job of tying in everything that's happened in that episode and, teasing what's going to come up 
uh, are teasing what's, you know, potentially on the horizon. And I love how rich this world is. I mean, I don't know what point it was when you guys um, might have figured out who, if Sin was this pilot's daughter. Uh, I think I called it, as soon as he mentioned a daughter, I leaned over to my husband and I'm like, so, um, how much you want to bet it's Sin? And he's like, Oh, that could be interesting. And then when they did, I'm like, told you so. <laughs> so, I mean, there's little things like that. I also find that they're not really writing themselves into any corners, which a lot of series like these tend to do. They write themselves into a corner and then they spend an entire season trying to dig themselves out of it. And we've seen that happen with so many other genre series over over the years. Um, so they've, they've done a really good job of keeping the big picture in mind at all times, or that's at least how it looks to me. They don't, they're not just planning for immediate bang, you know, like immediate wow factor. They're also thinking, it also seems like they're thinking, okay, so how will this pay off down the road and when can we reintroduce this and what will this lead to? So it's just constantly, it's constantly in motion. Like there, there aren't any really moments that, that just stagnate. Yeah, I think I think yeah, it's just really especially this season it would be easy to sort of start watching down the road if somebody goes to catch up, you know, on a series like this, then it'd be easy to literally gorge yourself on on watching it because it does a lot of times end and you want to know what's happening next and there's a lot of and the way they've introduced a lot of these characters and a lot of the people on the show, you care about what's potentially could happen to them and where where they're going. And, and, and then they showed last season that you would have thought that, you know, somebody like a best friend character in a series like this, they wouldn't just do away with them, you know, that early. It seemed like you're like, wow, I did not expect that. Uh, so you you do get the feeling that there is danger and that that other than you know really Oliver cuz you can't have arrow without arrow you know that other than that that anything could happen to anybody in this series and that adds a level to the danger and the the you know all the different fights and all the different things that are going on uh in the series and so that i think that adds that extra element and uh you know you were saying that you know the care that they take that's that's what I think I believe that they have, you know, a real plan sort of mapped out for this show and that they're not that they can't go back and add things in or do fun things like they've decided to, you know, bring all a bunch of these things that they have introduced throughout together as uh what is it the suicide squad in the the next episode uh you know which I'm sure for fans of the comics will be you know, fun to see. So they're, they're doing a lot with that too. I mean, they, they did a good job of introducing sort of the beginnings of the flash character. So I look forward to, you know, that being, you know, the same group of people, I think that behind that show that there's potential for that to be really good as well. So just really right now, it's one of my top shows that just can't wait for, uh, well, can't wait for this Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. All right. Uh, next up uh, is another show that's right there on the, at the top of my list uh, right now, uh, which is uh, The Americans that just started back up. 
uh, season two, episode one, uh, Comrades. And uh, what do you think of of the show, uh, Melissa? Holy smokes! What a way to start a season. I, I every five seconds, my jaw was dropping. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, and I just some of these moments, just the way that they set them up, like it was. How do I how do I best explain this? I felt awkward almost through the entire episode. I was watching these very intimate moments between people. And I don't mean just the obvious sex stuff. I'm talking about way beyond that. You know, even just seeing the family dynamics in place and, you know, mother coming home and interacting with her family again, meeting their friends and that relationship. Like, it's just... I just I felt like I was being a peeping Tom throughout the entire episode. And oh, I just I don't know where this is gonna go this year. It's and also, ah, Claudia is still they know she's lurking around somewhere, so uh I'm really excited about it. I it's got some of the best performances on TV, some of the best writing on TV, and uh, it's it's just yeah it it came back with uh with a bang and I just can't wait to see what what's gonna happen next. That's another one that I'm I mean I'll watch and then I'll marathon it all at once again just to you know pick up on the things I've missed and everything. So yeah, that was a that was quite an episode. Yeah, almost almost as a show that like it really would have been good to like marathon the first season like right before the second season started what do you think andrea uh i i love this show so much i keep saying like i want to marry the show i want to have babies with the show because <laughs> because i do i love it like that much and i was obsessed with it like all of last season um which i didn't expect like i watched it mostly because it looked interesting and was kind of like immediately hit by how strong it was like and just the performances and the the stories um but this season like that first episode was you just like you just sat there and you were just like this is really good tv um and i think that's what i kept saying it's like when like i just i watch so much tv and there are things i like that are less quality and i'm fine with that because i like watching them and there are things that are really good quality but then you see something like this and you realize like when good TV is really quality and really good, it it's just so good. And that's what I feel. Um, that's what I feel this whole show is. And I'm just like, I love the characters. I love that they're um, going to start using, I think they're going to start using the kids more. They're going to start using Paige and uh, Henry more, which uh, I'm really excited about because I'm hoping they can kind of, use them in a way that Homeland failed in, which is like really involving them um, in the storylines. And, and I think there's a lot of interesting stuff they can do with that if they do it correctly. Uh, but I mean, really, I'm just, I'm so excited to see where the show goes and kind of what they, what they have in store for this season. And I, I really think, like you said, I think it's one of the best shows that are out there right now. And I'm literally telling everyone to watch it yeah it's there's just something about the show i i keep saying because you know quote unquote the heroes of the story are russian spies in the 80s and as an american that grew up you know through that 
those aren't the good guys, you know? And so to watch a series and be gripped by what's going on and are they going to get caught or how are they going to get out of this one and sort of be rooting for them to do so is I, for them to have created such a compelling show and the way that they write it, the way that these actors perform these characters, sometimes you just can't take your eyes off the screen at what's going on. And this second season, the, the first episode really sort of raises the bar and really gets them, you know, thinking about not just the danger that they're in, but while they had kids as part of their cover, they do love their kids, you know, and to see what happened to this other set of agents and their family, that was, that was pretty brutal. It's not often that they show, uh, you know, that it, it wasn't just the parents. It was one of the kids that had also gotten taken out uh, in that hotel room. And that's sort of a, a brutal realization for them that their kids are in danger too. And that somebody knew something that they weren't supposed to. And it got, you know, this other, most of this other family killed, you know, her locking the windows and, and staring outside and every little noise, every little car that went by, uh, just that feeling of danger that she was portraying was, you know, you felt like something, anything could happen. Like what's, what's coming around. And they've, with her coming back, they've gotten that relationship seems to have come around. The other thing that they're playing a lot with is the relationships. Uh, you know, the FBI guy and his wife, and then the FBI guy and his mistress and informant, and then the Russian spy who's undercover married to the lady that works at the FBI. There's all these moving parts and uh, things going on that you know, are pretty, uh, that they, they keep all these things juggling, uh, really well, but I think they've really increased sort of the tense danger of the situation that they're in. And then with the kids, I think it's interesting that the, like the daughter is, she's suspicious of like (laughs) what they're up to. Like, why are they starting to think about like, why are they gone so much? Or, granted, she may never walk in. (laughs) She's never going to open a door without knocking again. But (laughs) you know, but uh, and that that was that was quite the scene. Uh, How about and that was one of the most awkward breakfasts (laughs) portrayed on TV ever. Uh, The the bacon thing, bacon thing was the best thing ever, and that's when I sat there and I went, I love this show. Well, I, uh, what I started thinking when their, you know, their fellow spies uh, were were taken out and one of their children and the one child was, was left behind, I started thinking, well, what happens in these situations if your parents are, are Russian spies and you end up an orphan? Like, 
how how does that work? Like, what happens? Do, does the KGB come in and take those children and bring them to Russia and tell them this is what your parents were? Or do they just let them be absorbed by, like, the American foster care system? Like, Probably that's something I want to – that's <laughs> yeah. something I want to look into and find out. What happened to children who were orphaned during the Cold War? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> oh. I'm sure they would just cut their losses since the kids didn't know anything about it. They would just leave them to basically fend for themselves or whatever. But yeah, there's all kinds of there's all kinds of questions and things that just that seeing them with their kids at the at the amusement park and and all this stuff and then, you know, him using uh one of his kids for cover uh because the other guy couldn't and then the other guy ending up dead just all that stuff just raised the bar, I think, on how interesting the setup is and what the the danger is for them at every turn and made them realize that it's not just them in danger, but they've brought these these kids into it who have grown up and are, you know, fully American. Like the, the kid was like disappointed in his telescope because he wanted the video game system. You know, and stuff. Uh, I always like those scenes in the first season where the daughter would espouse some something great about the United States or something that she was learning in in school or something, and the and the mom would try and say something a little bit different, but didn't you know couldn't come straight out and say <laughs> I think that's a load of crap, you know, and. Uh, those types of moments, I think, are very interesting. I don't know. It just going into this series at the beginning, I was just like, "How, how did you make this compelling?" And I don't know. They did. They, you know, they they really did. Uh, it was of all the things coming back here, starting in the spring or late winter, that was right at the top of the list, along with the the next show on the list. Uh, which is Hannibal, uh, season two, episode one, Kaizeki, I guess you is uh, the name of the episode, uh, which was another show that its first season was just outstanding, and what they do, what they did at the end of that season, and what they've done to start this new season, uh, is it had me hooked right from the beginning. That <laughs> just like another show that I want to know. I want to see the next episode. Like I want to, I want to get into the story. And uh, so, uh, Andrew, what do you think about uh, Hannibal? Well, that was like the same thing. I mean, the first season was so good and so strong, and and I knew coming back, I think they were going to be really strong. But like again, with the whole, I, I think Hannibal is quality TV. I I love it, and I think that first episode was, um, it was really good. It was. It, it was really disturbing in in the best way possible. <laughs> in the best, like I'm every time I think I can't get like grossed out more, something will happen on that show, whether it's like his cooking or whatever he's doing, and I'll just sit there and be like, "Oh right, this just no, I I just shouldn't be eating at I shouldn't be eating at ten o'clock at night anyway." But <laughs> now I'm like eating while I'm watching yeah. Hannibal. Yeah, these red vines while I'm watching Hannibal, they're not a good idea. <laughs> they're really good. <laughs> but I I just think um, – I think it's so interesting that 
what the show is doing. And I'm really sad that it doesn't seem to have the audience perception in terms of ratings that I feel like it should. Um, and I don't know if that's just because of the subject or because of the time slot or, or whatever. Um, but, but I think people who don't watch it are really missing out on a really well-crafted and really interesting show. Um, and I would say, you know, definitely go back and watch the first season, especially because the second season just started. You can catch up really quickly. It's not a full 22 season episode thing. So um, once you start, if you really get hooked on it, you can slide into the season really easily. And like, I think people would really enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's a you know it's well, it's a lot like uh, catching up with something like the Americans or something. It's uh, built off of a short season, which I think something like this really works because it's really tight. You know <laughs> what they're doing, but uh, uh, like the Americans, they've created the atmosphere that they've created with the way that they film things plays so much into uh, what's going on. And the, the the mood of the series and the way you feel about different things and different characters on the series. Uh, the music is, you know, the score of it is haunting. At times, of course, they show some things that are, you know, hard to watch <laughs> or hard to see. But I still say that, you know, if you're, if you're watching Criminal Minds or The Following, you know, things like that, they're showing things just as brutal, but not nearly in as clever or as interesting a way uh, as they are on Hannibal. Right. And so if you're watching stuff like that and you're you're not tuning in to something like this, I don't understand. Well, that's and that's that's the thing. I agree, and I think that's the thing that it's taking. Um, like Hannibal is really taking risks in the way it does its storytelling, both in like the amount of kind of brutality and like what they put out there for a network show on. And I think, I think the blacklist is kind of doing this too. I don't actively watch it, but I know a lot of people talk about like how violent the blacklist is and all of that. Um, but I just think the fact that it's taking those risks that it's being very bold about the way it tells its stories and the way it, it's going about, uh, you know, telling its, its characters and crafting everything and showing everything I think is I think it's really smart and I think it's really brave because a lot of tv shows are really having trouble establishing themselves like you know if I think of like revolution who spent its whole first season trying to figure out what it was trying to be and then now it's like oh we're gonna try to get really dark like we're gonna move to the eight o'clock hour but we're gonna get really dark and we're gonna try to like be different it's like no, not really. Rid- like, it just doesn't really work. Whereas, like, Hannibal just, it's like, this is what I want to be, and this is what I'm going to be, and it it works. Yeah, and and you definitely need to watch the first season to, to get into the second season, because the first season, it's watching how you end up in the position we are at the beginning of the first season, and this second season is about unraveling that. And of how you of how you got to that, and so watching that sort of the cat and mouse, the back and forth with Will trying to get people to realize that he's that he I I like the <laughs> the the line that he had in there where he, he what is it he says I'm not the the whatever psychopath that you you know that you're <laughs> you know the intelligent psychopath that you're looking for, and then him starting to remember some things and and so. 
I think it'll be really interesting to watch this season play out, especially the way they open up the episode. They open up the episode with basically that whole fight with a scene that and then they jump back and say 12 weeks earlier, which is basically means you have 12 more episodes (laughs) to figure out how they got how they how they get to that point and what that means, you know, what that will mean for uh, if the show were to make a third season, uh, which I think it has, you know, based on based on the the finances behind it and how it's a you know it's sort of a a co-production or you know a foreign production that it, it doesn't have the same i guess cost structure for NBC as you know some other things so lower ratings may not be as big a deal especially to have something that quality right. on your network but also on a friday night it basically did the same ratings for the premiere as it did in the same time slot on the thursday last season right and so I don't know if you move to what a lot of people consider, you know, anything on Friday is usually considered not a great, uh, uh, you know, a less than a stellar time slot to be on from, you know, Thursday, which is one of the larger potential audiences for a show. And you can still get the same type of audience on that Friday night. I think I think that's a good sign if it can hold that type of of numbers, there might be a, a a good chance of it getting a a third season. Yeah, no, I think uh, I, I think the chance right now. I mean, I'm I feel like I'm gonna kind of shoot myself in the foot at some point, but um, I think the chances of getting a third season are probably strong based on just the reception that it's gotten. And I think, I mean, obviously, I think a lot depends on what they end up renewing and um, picking up for for upfronts in a few months, but, uh, but I think, I think they recognize how much potential it has. And I think if they gave it a second season after the, you know, after what it had in the first season, um, I think we're in really good shape. So I'm just, I'm going to be hopeful until I'm proven otherwise by the TV (laughs) networks. Yeah. I, I think unless, if the ratings were to like just fall off the table for some reason, all of a sudden over the course of these, you know, next 10, 12, 13 episodes to the end of the season, you know, then maybe, but if it holds the same, roughly the same rating for the season and they picked it up last season, you know, on with that rating off of a a potentially better night. And then they wouldn't renew it for getting that same number on a less, you know, good night of TV. That would be highly disappointing, I have to say. And uh, again, another thing, because it's a show that the people behind it have an idea of where it's going. They have multiple seasons of where, you know, where characters will be at, uh, at certain points through like, I think at least four seasons or something like that. So that's the type of stuff when you see something this high quality. <laughs> I want to know what those ideas are. I want to see where they're going because they've done such a good job of taking something. That's another thing. It's a hard thing to do when you have a character like, you know, Hannibal as portrayed by Anthony Hopkins in a movie in a pretty, a pretty indelible role. Like it's that, that's what you think of really when you think of Hannibal, and then for somebody to come in and to create 
a different version of this character that's equally compelling and you stop thinking about how it compares to because it's wholly interesting on its own. Right. Uh, I think is is another, you know, sort of stellar thing that they've done uh, with the show and with the actors and the way that it's written. That it's just it's it's right there. <laughs> it's another one. A lot of show. A lot of my favorite shows on TV right now are on right now and made the list for us to talk about this week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just it's it's one of those that if you're squeamish about sort of some gory type things and stuff like that, then then maybe not. But if you watch, like I said, things like Criminal Minds and stuff like that, and you're not watching this, which is like three times as good you know, type of thing, quality wise with the same, within the same sort of genre, you know, you've got criminal profilers and they're going yeah. after, you know, sort of these sicko killers and stuff. And so the idea that you're not watching a really, really good version of this and watching an okay version of it is, come on, get on board. Let's get this show some more, some more people uh, watching it. And while it's short, that's the only thing. While it is a short season to catch up with, it wouldn't be the greatest show to uh, – you need to watch maybe one or two right. episodes at, at a yes, time. Yes, I agree. It, you might you might completely overdo yourself if you tried to uh, binge watch like the whole first season in like a couple days or something. That, that might be a little too much to take. Uh, but if you gave yourself a couple weeks to do it. You you could do it if you space it out. You could do it and uh, and then get on board with the second season. All right, move on to the next show on the list, uh, which is uh, Helix, uh, season one, episode nine, level X. And uh, Melissa, so how are you enjoying uh, Helix after having seen all the sets, <laughs> pieces, and seeing what they're doing with them? I think it's neat to see how everything that we we kind of um, got to check out out of context, how it's all been woven into the story. Um, I remember them showing us that room where they had all of those air ducts and the vents all set up. And they're like, this is going to be important eventually. So just seeing how all of that has come into play and the white room and... um, just just all of that that the the little special of the room where they actually film all of the snow scenes like every time there's a snowy scene i'm like i've been there i've been <laughs> to the yard um i i'm it's tough for me to explain i i watch it and i'm entertained by it i'm not i i don't think i'm in love with it but i don't hate it it's I'm definitely going to keep watching the rest of this season, but I'm kind of at a point now where I would like them to either, you know, embrace the kish of it all, like kind of embrace the tongue in cheek nature, which they do, they do kind of take care of at times. They do kind of address at times. Like if it didn't take itself so seriously, I may enjoy it more. Or if they played down that aspect and played up the more dramatic, intense, scary aspect right now, it's this 
kind of middle road that's just playing it a little too safe for me. I'd like it to take an extreme either way to really, really keep me invested in it. Um, the most recent episode was was interesting. There were some reveals, which I kind of saw coming. Um, but yeah, like at this point... Yeah, I needed to I needed to go either way. I needed to either embrace its, you know, kind of tongue in cheek cheesy side and and go for more of, you know, the kind of the monster, the old school kind of monster movie vibe or go with the scary, intense, dramatic, oh my gosh, this is heading towards something epic vibe. It right now it's just it's a little too safe for me. Yeah, it's a little bit, but at least uh Going into it at the beginning, you know, I liked the first episode or, you know, the first couple episodes. It was in that spot of uh, this could be really interesting, but if episodes, if they don't start, you know, giving you some answers to things as they go along, if it just continually raises questions, I'm going to get really annoyed with it really fast. And so uh, the thing I have liked about it is while new things pop up and, new questions come come around and stuff like that. Other things get answered uh, as they go through. Yeah, they, they answered something in this episode, which I knew was going to be the case since the episode where she first started hallucinating, you know? Yeah. And because they showed, they had showed uh, Hitaki having, you know, looking through his book of photos of her. And then they had the, she finds her handwriting uh, and she's like, I've never been here before, but I've been here before. And you figured that she hadn't like written that earlier that day you know, type of thing. And so that was where you pr- were pretty sure it was probably going to go and where it ultimately went. Uh, but at least they've, they're answering some things like that. Uh, the thing I most want to know now is like, how is it that he and, you know, his family and certain other people are different, you know, whatever it is with the, you know, with the, with their eyes and uh, what is it that makes them different and this virus that they've been trying to create that gets into other people and creates these weird, almost sort of zombie-like creatures, but yet still sort of, you know, like smart enough to be able to run a mission to, recapture one of their one of the other people that's been infected and then and then revive them basically it turns out as sort of their leader you know the leader of these uh people that have been infected i, I want to know what what's the difference why are the but why are those people that have been infected afraid of uh these other people that have had whatever uh of them take place <laughs> it was <laughs> Uh, it was a pretty good scene when he, he was like, he, "You have your father's eyes," and he took out mm. his contacts. That was that was pretty funny, but I'm I'm still enjoying the uh, the show. There's enough mystery there. Of they they brought in, an, you know the another character from the Alaria group, you know, to try and take over things and get things under under control. Uh, they end up taking care of her and putting her head out in the white room with some other ones. And so I want to know, like, what's the deal with that? You know, like, people, yeah, the-, the people with the glowing eyes and the ability, why, why do they end up apparently 
the other person that they were looking for and that they were trying to get the head of or whatever uh, earlier in the season out of the white room, I'm assuming was also uh, somebody that that had this, what is this other group that has these whatever abilities they have and why is it that some of them from this Alario group want to basically create a virus to wipe out other, you know, just regular people or whatever. So there are still some questions that are, that keep me coming back. That's yeah. I have to say that's the same with me. I, I want to know if these are just, you know, if this is a, a case of human evolution or genetically modified humans, or if we're talking, you know, alien human hybrids, perhaps, um, or monster human hybrids or whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what keeps me coming back is those, is those mysteries. It's just kind of the overall tone. That's not, really sitting right with me that there's some really great like sarcasm and snarkiness that I, I really enjoy um, the scenes with um, uh, Sergio and um, Anana are, are kind of are kind of cool and uh, I, I liked the the twins meeting each other again after years I thought that was I thought that was kind of neat um, but yeah yeah so I'm, I mean I want to see where they're going with it but I I would like some answers. I want to know why they are keeping those heads. Is that just a trophy room or is there a purpose for burying those heads? Like, is there something in them that could potentially cause harm? Yeah. I don't know. It's there's, there's a, some interesting things. Cause basically when you know that she has that same stuff and <laughs> like the scene where uh, apparently you don't brush your teeth, you, you sand them you know, type of thing that, you know, there's something was different about her that she had that uh, same type of thing. And so when he cuts her head off and puts it out there where they had tried to get the other one out of, it made me think, well, is that, you know, they've cut the, he's cut the heads off of all these people out there are people that were somehow part of this that have that, special ability or something and uh yeah the the why are you keeping the head of those people uh what's the uh you know in cold storage in, as opposed to just completely doing away with them yeah is it just you know like is that just your trophy case of that you're taking out the other people that are like you or or what's going on there and they have set it up but there's a potentially for you know somebody else to show up from the Ilaria group, uh, it, you've got this other doctor that you just thought was sitting around getting drunk that has gotten his hands on the at least one strain of of the stuff that they had gone down to the the thing to to look at. I thought that was an interesting scene too, <laughs> where you had the two people from the CDC in their in this deep storage facility at this base, and they were like. They've got strains of stuff that we don't even have, you know, at the CDC. That was kind of interesting because it made you wonder even more who are these people behind this and why, you know, what are they doing? And how long have they been around? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How how long has, you know, this group been pursuing these types of things and, and uh, keeping these types of uh, strains uh, around? But overall, I think that they they keep the creepiness factor up, 
it's still a little weird to me while I it's creepy with all the scenes going through the ducting system and having seen how much, you know, duct system that they have built that they can rearrange and move around into all kinds of different scenarios to be able to film in is interesting, but it still makes me go, this is a weird air duct system. It seems to me that you shouldn't just be able to get from one place to another in the air duct system of a lab. Shouldn't these things be more closed off from each other in case there's like a spill? That's, or... that's what I, that's, that's, that's one thing that I thought. And then I'm wondering, is it advanced enough that they have like, you know, kind of like with, um, with a ship, like a spaceship or a submarine that they have, you know, the different areas that they can close off if there's a leak or something. But it just seems like you can get from like the, if you can get from, your living quarters to right above the main lab in the air duct system. <laughs> that's yeah. Seems, that seems like there shouldn't be uh, that type of connection. But you know, it it's one of those things that, for story purposes or for being able to do things that that they've done. But it just doesn't seem that you should be able to get from level to level, or from <laughs> or from living quarters to labs. <laughs> Quite so easily, yeah. <laughs> Through the air duct system, but overall, they, they've they've definitely created that uh, and continue to maintain that creepy factor, especially with the the soundtrack for the show of being this weird '70s easy listening type of type of music that plays around this almost futuristic seeming you know series that it, it's it's. <laughs> That adds an extra like creepy factor to it. Just on, I I like that too. The they kind of lost the music. Uh, kind of lost me a little bit though in this episode when they used the extremely overused, although great, um, Mad World. Uh, that version of Mad World, which I most um, I most easily identify with Donnie Darko. Uh, so up until this point, they've kind of been using more like the seventies Dion Warwick kind of doctor's office, cheesy music, um, (laughs) which I thought I always thought was like a nice contrast. Um, so that the the new music and music means a lot to me in, in TV shows, uh, to me, like a lot of songs I are, you know, I, I associate a lot of songs with, you know, episodes or scenes that they've been in. And that one just seemed out of place. So I don't know if there was a greater reason for that, if it indicates a change in direction for for the series or, or if it was just, you know, it's a mad world. So, yeah. let's, you know, <laughs> it's a little, like a little too on the nose and it sort of took you out of. Yeah. Where most it, of the stuff has been. That did seem too contemporary, like for what they've been doing in in that scene. I mean, it worked for the scene kind of because it is sort of, but yet it also felt to me, it felt a little out of place considering what they normally have done with the, like the, the opening, the opening shot of the, the series is, do you know the way to San Jose <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. as they're going in these, you know the full-on suits trying to track down uh, somebody in the these dark corridors and stuff and so that's sort of the vibe they've been setting and so that it did sort of move away from that at least for an episode uh, but for the most part i think that's been uh, that's been really interesting but 
it's done enough of answering certain things along the way to keep me interested in sort of the bigger questions. Because uh, if you have you have like bigger questions, and then every episode also adds in new stuff, and they never answer anything, that would have been I I probably would have dropped it. But they've I think they've done a a decent balance so far, and kept it mainly with you know a couple of big questions that you still want answers to, that hopefully will get you know some answers to those in the in the the last uh, half of the season. Yeah, how many episodes do we have left of this? Is it a 13 episode? Yeah, I think it's 13, so there's uh, four more. Okay. So hopefully, you know, as we uh, come to an end here, we will get some some real answers. Uh, and so, sort of those uh, answers that give you enough, but leave the series open that they could continue on type of thing. I'm not looking for like this to be like a 13 episodes and... They answer everything, and the and you know everything at the end of this. But I'm expecting some answers to some of these bigger things, even if by that time they've set up something bigger on top of it. Uh, I'm fine with that too. But we're at the point now that if they're, I'm at the point now in the season that that I was sort of in the beginning of the season. At the beginning of the season, I was like, they need to answer some things along the way uh, to get me to the end. But now I'm at, we're near the end, and I'm at that sort of similar point that if they don't answer some of the big questions by the end, I won't, it's not going to be, I'm I'm not going to be enough interested in those big questions to necessarily come back in the second season. Mm-hmm. If they, yeah. if they keep a lot of the big, big things, not answering some of those things, uh, because then you just feel like they're jerking your chain, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and that over time those thing those big questions the more the more you keep those big things out there the bigger and cooler reveal they have to be at the end you know and so the longer you go with questions the better answer you have to have uh, at the end of it so when they don't tell you some of these things earlier on i start to lose interest because i start to not believe that they have <laughs> a really, really good answer for, you know, what they've been doing. All right. I think that's enough about Helix. And uh, we'll move to the uh, last show on the list, uh, which is uh, The Walking Dead, uh, Season 4, uh, Episode 11, claimed as the last episode that's aired. We'll start with you, Andrea. What, if, uh, what do you think of uh, The Walking Dead since it's uh, come back uh, from its break? This is going to be based off of everything up until yesterday because I watched the Oscars and I couldn't take three things. So walking dead, well, I taped the walking dead. I just didn't have time to watch it. Um, but, uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I don't know. Walking dead and I have like a really weird relationship right now in that I was really, really not in a good place with it when it left it, where it left itself at the end of the first half. Um, I just, I didn't like the story. I really hated what they did to Carol. I hated Rick. I I was just kind of so over everything. And I mean, I still watched it and, you know, I was still invested in it. I just didn't, um, I had so many problems with what they were doing with the story. So since coming back, I've actually been better with it. I think it's, um, 
it's, it's a lot more character driven, which I like. And I like that they're going into people's pasts and really making it more of a character study now that everyone is kind of split off and we're not kind of doing the same thing where everyone is together and everyone's trying to survive. And there's, you know, some big zombie attack on either a prison or a farm or wherever. Um, but there's, so there's been a lot so far in the episodes that I've seen that have made me warm more towards it. Um, and I'm kind of just waiting for, you know, kind of waiting to see how the rest of the season, uh, pans out before I figure out my feelings on this season as a whole. But, um, but I'm happy that I'm looking at it coming back as like, Oh, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying this again. It's not as, you know, I'm not suffering through it. Like I felt like I was personally suffering through it in the fall, which I was, but, um, but I mean, that's just my opinion of it. Um, so I'm liking it since it came back. And like I said, I haven't seen last night's episode yet, but, uh, I will be seeing that at some point in the next few days. Yeah. Well, I think this is the, this is the series that it definitely can't please everybody all the time is, is when they're doing all the zombie stuff, people are like, God, I wish this show had more character development. And then when they do the character development stuff, people are like, God, I wish they'd do some more zombie stuff. Right. And, That's uh, true. And you're just like, and they never seem to be able to find like the right balance of those things. For me, these episodes, I like that they're doing the character stuff, but it seems to me that they fell in love with the storytelling style of the governor episodes where they take and just follow you know for a whole episode they're basically just following a couple of characters uh right and and where they're at and so uh, i mean while it gives you a chance to really delve into those characters and you get some and in last night's episode you got some pretty good character moments between what is it daryl and beth that was good and you've gotten those moments with a lot of the characters and they've been able to spend some time with some characters that they haven't spent a lot of time getting to know, you know, more about those characters. So I like that. The thing I think that bothers me most about these episodes is that after what happened to them on the farm, the idea that they didn't have a plan if they had to abandon the prison. I mean, they had some sort of a plan, like get some people on a bus and, and what have you. But the idea that there wasn't a let's meet up here you know, type of right. thing that everybody's just sort of on their own and some people are trying to find some other people, but they're, they have no idea really if they made it out or uh, where they would be if they had made it out. I, that just really bothers me. I just, I just can't believe that if you're living in this world that, and this group of people has become like your group that you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't have a better escape <laughs> plan of like, okay, if we have to abandon the prison for some reason, uh, everybody tries to go to some other designated spot is where we'll try and meet back up uh, to <laughs> in case in case of emergency or whatever. It just seems really weird to me that everybody's sort of on their own. And come and and apparently at some point in time everybody's going to come across one of these signs that says, "Hey, follow the railroad tracks to everybody who arrives survives." Right. That's the main thing that's bothering me right now with all these things that they're doing. 
How about you, Melissa? I absolutely love this show. I've been I've loved it since the beginning. I really enjoy the character moments, especially because I want to know what it would be like for people if they were dealing with something like this. I know it's kind of far-fetched and everything, but I really I don't know. It's those character moments that really make the series for me. I mean, yes, I enjoy the I enjoy the walkers, I enjoy the action, but it's, you know, putting a human face on on these characters is what's really keeps me keeps me watching and invested in this show. Um I quite enjoyed last night's episode. I know there were a lot of people who did not like it. Um but I thought it was really just, you know, just to see this kind of friendship almost I, I don't know if I would call it a friendship, but you know, kind of this this relationship developing um learning a little bit about both of these characters. I, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I'm also curious to know what's going to happen when, uh, everything comes out about, about Carol. Um, but at the same time, I still, I stand firm by this. I think Carol's covering for little, little, little psycho Lizzie board in there. Um, I I think think so too. Yeah, Carol was like, you know what? I don't. I, I've got to protect these kids. I wasn't able to protect my own kids, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna protect these kids. And if it means, you know, taking the fall for, you know, uh, is that psychopathic or sociopathic? I can't remember at the moment. You know, the little. I, I mean, know. we've maybe a little we've, each. <laughs> but we've seen what this kid is capable of. Like what she nearly did to Judith because Judith was crying. It's like, oh my gosh, do not let this child near anyone. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of get what you mean, though, about there not being kind of uh, like a, a meetup plan. But I think they they kind of did have one, but it fell through because wasn't the initial plan to meet at the bus? I I, I don't know. I don't know if they thought quite far enough ahead as they should have, but is there a way for them to figure out where, like where someone could potentially meet up, not knowing what's out there? Um, so yeah, I mean, well, they've scouted out the area, you know, yeah, looking for food and and things like that. That it seems like they would have that you would have yeah. just put something like where was that bus supposed to go? Like it obviously something happened and most of the people that made it on the bus ended up turning into <laughs> into walkers but where was that bus headed like <laughs> she was following the bus because she thought that he was on it but where was that bus headed like was the bus headed to a certain spot and if so why are why is nobody else headed to wherever that bus was going were they just <laughs> whoever gets on the bus were just gone we're just taking off and uh I don't know that that type of stuff is what it's a little thing but it's a big thing to me <laughs> that, that that draws me out of uh the situation I'm interested to see how much longer is it going to be before we get back to I mean we've got multiple groups on their way to to whatever this place is uh so you know Carol and Rick are about to you know meet back up here and They'll finally find out that, you know, the baby didn't die. But how long is it, you know, how long is it going to be? I mean, there's not that, uh, there's not that many more episodes. How, and what are we going to be setting up? And what do you think about 
these other characters that they introduced and this supposed doctor that knows something about it and, and, and how to fix it or something like that. That was interesting and added a potential new interesting wrinkle into the show of making it not just about survival, but maybe there's a it could end up being a quest to try and solve the problem. But yet they set it up so early on that everybody has it and there's no fix <laughs> type of thing that that how does this one weird doctor from somewhere know anything about it? What do you think about that, Andrea? I don't know. I think it's... I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that they're tr- like they're in- they've introduced so many new characters over the course of this season, um, and they've given they've like really introduced them. Not just like oh, these are like two people that were getting killed off. Which I mean, I guess they kind of did that at some point. But uh, I think I don't know. Like, I mean, like you said, I'm really kind of curious to see how they're going to tie this all together and bring everyone back together if they even bring everyone back together i mean i guess there's no guarantee that they would bring everyone back together and find everyone by by the time uh the season ends which actually i think would be more interesting um but i'm curious to see kind of where they go with it um and i don't know the comics at all i don't follow them i don't really know anything about people that are supposed to show up or people that or storylines so um so i just kind of go into a blind and anytime someone shows up or they add someone i just kind of assume it works for the story <laughs> um so i'm so i'm kind of curious to see how it all kind of fits together how about you melissa yeah i want to i kind of want to see what the next game plan is i um i haven't read the comics but i i know a bit about them uh, so I I just I, I know up to pretty much just before what's happening right now. So I, at this point I'm in it blind. I don't know what's going on. Um, I, I want to know if you, everyone will meet up again before the finale and we'll have a couple of episodes where everyone's back together, or if that's how it's going to end, where they all end up at this you know this place where everyone lives. So, I mean, and they've teased this place for quite a while. Um, I know that they were talking about it on that radio. Um, was it in the earlier part of this season when they found that car and they got they picked up that quick little broadcast that they were talking about it? So um, they've kind of teased this for a while. I kind of hope that that's not where this season ends. I, I want there to be a little more than that. Um, I really want to know what this this doctor dude, Dr. Mullet there, um, <laughs> really knows. Cause really, um, uh, yeah, he does not look like a scientist at all to me, but, uh, you know, it's a zombie apocalypse. So I guess everyone's kind of, you know, not looking their usual selves, but yeah, I, at this point, I kind of don't know where they're going. I, I don't know what's in store, but I'm kind of enjoying not knowing what's coming with a with a lot of series like these and especially ones that are based on on books or comics you kind of know where it's headed and this one i i mean yes i think they'll probably all find this place but what does it mean if they if they reach that place you know is is it going to be another woodbury is it going to be something different um are there going to be answers are there people who are going to know that there's what's going on in the outside world, uh, like outside of, you know, just the immediate area. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to really see 
where where all of this is headed and uh you know just how these relationships are going to you know rekindle these relationships people who've kind of come to terms that they think that they've lost their loved one or their their significant other or a friend or a sister um i i i love a good reunion so i i want to see those reunions I am waiting for the moment when Carl and or Rick or both of them at the same time see Judith. I'm preparing all of the tissue in the world um, for that moment because I'm sure the waterworks will start. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there have been some really, really good episodes. There have been some episodes where they've been good, although it hasn't really propelled the story f- forward much. Um, so maybe from this point onward it might be a good idea if there's a little more action um and i don't mean big blowout fights i just mean more propelling the story forward and less about okay so this is what this person's doing right now this is what this person i think we've gotten enough of that um for this half of the season i think we're gonna get an at least one more of those with you know maggie's group and and glenn's group next week it looked like from the previews. Uh, I was kind of surprised that, I mean, a little bit. I guess Daryl, the Daryl character, though, has become pretty popular and pretty, you know, important character in the universe. But it was, I was sort of surprised that this last week's episode completely revolved around just Daryl and Beth. That it wasn't Daryl and Beth and, uh, you know, some other part of the group or something that they were telling the story about. But the the thing that bothers me a little bit is it's in that same vein is that right now there isn't a lot of story progression because every you're just seeing what XYZ character dealt with in the handful of days after the prison was attacked. And then you go to a new group and you see what they dealt with in the handful of days, you know, afterwards. And so by the time, you know, at the end of next week, we'll have had what, like four or five episodes and we'll still only be like a couple of days past the prison attack for everybody, but we'll have seen what they've done, but sort of separately. And I still wonder sometimes, is there a way that you could tell these stories, but have little bits of them in each episode or do they work better where you just see, you know, you don't switch between uh, different storylines. I don't. I don't know. I, I think maybe in the short run it may work all right. I I had a problem with the governor episodes because they tried to catch you up in like two episodes of what he had been doing this whole period of time of the season up until then, where I felt that that storyline would have been more interesting had we seen it parallel with what was going on at the prison. Uh, that then the standoff at the prison might have been more interesting instead of we've seen this and then we get a couple episodes of the governor and then uh, the big blowout and then everybody's uh, separated and then but then now they're telling these stories again where everybody's <laughs> where you're just getting a little bit of what they're doing but at least I guess they're sort of all happening at the same time roughly we're not trying to jump back somewhere and catch people up for a long period of time. I am interested of where this, you know, everybody who arrives survives a place uh, is and what type of people are there. Uh, If it is actually something, what they'll know, you know, what other types of characters are they going to introduce from there? 
But I'll say the one thing that is interesting to me when they mention the possibility that somebody or that there's people working on something about what happened and that it possibly could be fixed. That was an interesting potential element because I think it's something that the show is missing. There's no goal. The only goal is like to like survive on a daily basis and maybe find a little bit of safety for a little while. And then you're, you know, sort of on the run again, but there's no, there's no quest. There's no overall quest or goal besides that, which is something usually these types of shows have. You're not just trying to survive on a day-to-day basis, but you're also on a mission that could potentially solve the, the problem. And that's the bigger story that they haven't had and that they did away with in you know the first six episodes. And so it's been how long can you go with a series where it's just people trying to survive like that's the only that's the only thing uh after a while i think that gets uh you know that can get a little boring even if you have lots of zombies attacks you know that <laughs> just it's just the same i'll be interested to see if that's a real a real element that they've added to the show that's another thing i'm looking forward to in the next few episodes is finding out if that is uh, a real thing if they're could potentially in a, like a next season, could there be a joining of forces with some of these other characters to try and find out if that really is, there's truth behind that. And there could be a way to, uh, to solve it. But I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Do you think that it needs that type of element to the show? Um, I don't know. I think, I mean, I, I think it can kind of go, both ways. And I think, um, like, you know what you were saying before, it's like a show that's never going to make anyone happy. Like, (laughs) it's true. It's like, you know, you're right. If you do too much zombie stuff, then, you know, they want, they want more character stuff. If you do more boring character stuff, they say, where are the zombies? And, you know, so I think it goes both ways. I think, I don't know if it's something the show needs in the same sense that like there are certain shows that could definitely benefit from specific things and you know i think they need them badly um mostly like random network shows uh but i think i don't think it would hurt it um i think it would actually help it but i also think it could probably keep on doing fine without it especially I mean, the ratings, first of all, the ratings aren't going to suffer that we know that, but just in, in general, I think the people that have like the people that have problems with the show have it for different various reasons. Like I know a lot of people who really had problems with Rick and that's a large reason of why they didn't like the show. And it wasn't so much like one thing or the other, like they wish the show had more of one thing or more of another thing. It was really just like, they didn't like this character. They didn't like this story or they didn't like the choice that they made to kill someone. So, um, you know, so I think it goes, uh, I think it goes both ways. How about you, Melissa? Huh? You know, I'm, I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's, uh, Hmm. Yeah. I know that they're just, there's really not going to be any way to make everyone happy 
whether they were fans of the of the books or just fans of the show, um, if they have you know preconceived notions of what these characters should be or what they shouldn't be. Yeah, I. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I did. Yeah, it's 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 tough. It's tough to say. I mean, I I absolutely love it. Like I said, like I I love. I love both aspects of it. I mean, I do prefer more of the character stuff, but yeah, I don't, hmm. But to me, it's, I sort of extrapolate out and go, well, in season six, whoever's left of this group is on the run trying to survive in another new spot. And how interesting is that going to be? Yeah, like how much longer can they can they you know just go on the survival like the survival yeah, aspect especially of it? Since and they've just... been extending the number of episodes in a season, and so each season you're getting even more episodes, so you're getting more of this than you were in previous seasons. And I just look and go, you know, with the ratings of the show. There's no way that, like, right now that this thing doesn't go six, seven, eight seasons. But I look at it and go, how compelling is it going to be in season six or seven if it's still, it's just the only thing there is 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 just trying to survive? Uh, how interesting is that unless they've added, you know, new characters to tell new stories about or whatever? But uh, as for it following the you know, sort of expectations of the comic book or, or where things could go. My favorite thing is, uh, is when somebody says, I don't like that because it's different than the comic book. And then you say, who's your favorite character on the walking dead? And they say, Daryl, mm-hmm, and, <laughs> and you go, well, he's not even in the comic book. So what are you talking about? Exactly. So I don't know. I- I think that, yeah, in order to, to, you know, kind of raise the stakes and, you know, propel things forward, um, they they kind of brought up about trying to get to Washington, D.C. I kind of want to know what's going on there. I want to know if, you know, there's a bunch of people holed up in a room trying to figure out how to solve this problem. Who's left there? Um, I don't know if they've addressed how far reaching this all is. Is it just the United States? Is it North America? Is it worldwide? Those are kind of the things that I hope that they, they start to address. Like, you know, just how far reaching is all of this? And maybe start to look into who may have been behind it. Uh, because my guess is this is something that, you know, man caused. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> you know? the thing is the show is... is- there seemed to be like a little bit into that. And then uh, the CDC gets blown up and that's mm-hmm. never, and that's, you know, pretty much from then on out, you're thinking, well, it's just, uh, they didn't have an answer. Uh, they didn't know of any answer from any place else. So it's just uh, trying to just stay alive. has been the, has been the goal has been the thing. And so, I, but they haven't, uh, I think that could bring, you know, something more interesting into it, uh, other than just a new place to hide out for a while, some sort of bigger goal. Yeah. Like how widespread is this? I mean, how interesting would it be for the spinoff series or the new series to take place in a completely different place, like not even in the United States or something, or to, to see how, how people are, are dealing with it somewhere else. I don't know. It raises some bigger, interesting questions that I would like to see the series 
deal with. Like, is there more going on? If these characters had like a quest to find out if there was more going on <laughs> or if they've just, you know, it's like once you've been cut off from communication, you don't see anybody for a while. You just decide that you're just going to that's it. Uh, I, I I hope that they actually do add in some bigger things then, because like I said, I don't see myself still that interested in this show if it's exactly this type of thing, you know, in season six and seven. All right. That'll do it for the uh, primetime segment and uh, and the podcast this week. Uh, next week, uh, Amory will be back with me, and our guest will be uh, Daryl Darnell from uh, Golden Spiral Media. He does do some uh, uh, Almost Human and uh, Revolution uh, podcasts over there. And you can find the full show notes uh, with links to the news stories we talked about, as well as where you can find uh, Andrea and Melissa online at tvtimes3.com slash 216. Uh, let us know what you think about the shows that we talked about. Would you like to see a bigger element to The Walking Dead? If you're not watching Hannibal, tell me why, so I can try and convince you to watch. Any of those things. Are you still watching Helix? Uh, how, do, how do you think that show's been going? Let us know at uh, feedback at tvtimes3.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter at tvtimes3. And the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And uh, thank you again, Andrea and Melissa, for uh, joining me on this episode of TV Times 3. Thank you. It was fun. Hey, thank you. Great chatting with you guys. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do. Watch TV and have a couple of brews.